Welcome to Category Is. I'm Justin. And I'm Maurice. Thank you for joining us for another week at the podcast. Yes, another week. So how was your weekend, Maurice? It was okay. I was a little under the weather this Aww. weekend. So I was like kind of inside Aww. for most of it. Resting. Yeah. Are you resting. feeling better? I'm feeling better. Good. I'm better now. Good. So it was good. Uh, last week, my boyfriend got back. He mm-hmm. got back on Sunday. So this was like his first week, like full weekend back. Okay. So it was good because like he's still a little jet lagged and i wasn't feeling the best it was like we could just kind of chill and relax and stay inside right and you know just kind of refresh and regroup so we did that lovely reconnecting definitely reconnecting yeah because it had been like two months since we had been together that is a long time yeah it was a long time it was a little kind of like a long distance relationship sitch (laughs) international yeah Mm -mm. multiple time zones but i mean it was it was okay it was good um for him to like you know be back and we can kind of you know get back to the groove of things literally (laughs) but yeah um how was your weekend um my weekend was good but my week was better Okay. Uh, just because, um, you know, as some of the listeners may know, we record on Mondays and we release the podcast on Wednesdays around noon. Um, but on Tuesday, there was a beautiful addition to our family that was born. Uh, my sister Jasmine was delivered of a daughter. Safely? Safely delivered of a daughter. <laughs> um, Karis Arena. Mm-hmm. And we just want to welcome her to the family. Mm-hmm. We are overjoyed. Mm-hmm. And she is beautiful and perfect and precious. And the I'm just eyebrows are snatched. Over the moon. Isn't she pretty? <laughs> yeah. She is stunning. All that hair. Gorgeous. She has lots of hair. Yeah. And she's just so pretty and precious. And mm-hmm. she's so sweet. Oh, my little niece. Yeah. So we're just happy that she's here. So mm-hmm. yes, that was like the highlight of my week. Of your like, week. There's child, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, nothing top that. You know. <laughs> um. So she, yeah, she'll be a week tomorrow. Aww. Um. But you know, over the weekend, I just kind of like mm-hmm. chilled by the pool. My friend Esteban came over. Oh, wow. We just hung in the pool, grilled, mm-hmm. relaxed, grilled. That was pretty much. Pretty much it. Oh, nice. Yes. Did you have some redneck nachos? No, we you don't do that. Oh, okay. No, no. Well, that would have I said... might be from South Jersey, <laughs> but we ain't doing no redneck nachos. That would have set that barbecue off. Mm-mm. Next time. Another time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do we have some announcements this week, Maurice? Yes. So this week, um, so this week in Orlando, Florida, is the Podcast Movement Festival. It's yes. the largest podcast um, festival. In the country, probably the world, and I will be representing category is. Yes. So on Friday, August sixteenth mm-hmm. at nine a.m., I'll be taking part in the LGBT panel. I'm going to be joined by a couple other um, LGBT podcasts. There's going to be Chosen Family out of uh, Montreal, Canada. Yes, Montreal. There's also Gay Future podcast. History is gay. Um, podcast, and the po- the panel is going to be moderated by Arif. Narani, who is the executive producer at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Okay. Podcast, yeah. Awesome. So that will be interesting. Be sure to look out for me there. I'll have on my category is t-shirt. So slide in the DMs if you want some merch. Yes. We would also like to announce that we are finalists in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So we'd yes. like to thank all of our listeners who voted. <laughs> yeah. I know um, in the past month we've been letting you guys know that we were nominated mm-hmm. for Best LGBT Podcast, yeah. which we are finalists mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to thank all our listeners for voting. If you receive any correspondence from the People's Choice Podcast Awards, just follow what instructions like might have in your email. <laughs> and we'll um, hopefully... 
hear back sometime in September. Yes, definitely. So thanks for all this yeah, for supporting. So much. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, finalists. Yes, in the category. category. We, we might be snatching a trophy. And, <laughs> and a wig. And a wig. Right <laughs> <laughs> all right, child. Well, let's get into what you're drinking. So tonight we are drinking a watermelon mojito. Mm. In this drink tonight, I blended up some fresh pine, um, not pineapple. Not pineapple. <laughs> some fresh Child. watermelon. Mm-hmm. It already hit. I'm sorry. Right. So I blended up some fresh watermelon. First, I muddled some um, sugar with lime and with some fresh mint also. Nice. Um, mixed that with rum. Mixed the fresh uh, watermelon juice mm-hmm. and then topped off with some club soda. Yes. Yeah. This is really tasty and it's refreshing. Really, yeah, it's really tasty. It's really light. It's very uh, Miami. Mm. No? Cuba? No, it's not no? Cuba. It's very Alabama. <laughs> but it's tasty. It's tasty. I like it. it I is. wouldn't say it's light because the puree gives it more like a juice consistency. But okay. I mean, it's tasty. It's tasty. It is somewhat fruity mm-hmm. it's like you know instead of eating a bowl of watermelon might as well just well, drink it with some that. liquor you don't eat watermelon i'm very particular about my watermelon Why? consumption because being a black being a minority you know we have a history with watermelon and fried chicken and all it. the stereotypes so i'm just very cognizant of eating it in public i would not ever mm-hmm. eat it in public right and if I no, I eat it in public, but it's diced, mm. and I eat it with a fork. With a fork, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like biting like, into the watermelon. Yeah, like a wedge. Right. And then also because watermelon is apparently like the fruit of the summer right now. Like is it? you see watermelon print on everything. I guess you sent me like a couple links, and everything was like watermelon. And then I, I was want looking something. Yeah, I wanted some watermelon like swim trunks, uh-huh. but then I had to check myself because I was like. Mm. Mm, no, maybe I mean, not. It's cute. I mean, but watermelon is a quintessential summer fruit, but, right? Because it's like refreshing. It's definitely it in season. But you know, you got to get the right watermelon and know how to pick your watermelon yeah. out. You got to look at like the pattern or the green. You got to <laughs> smell it. You got to feel no. the weight and the density. Because nothing is worse than a watery watermelon mm. or a rotten one. True. Yeah, but then also, like, I don't do like bananas either. Really? Yeah. But you do make a good, um, what's that called? Banana pudding. Banana pudding. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Paula Dean recipe, actually. <laughs> you know, I got Paula Dean pots and pans, so I can't even get Don't mad. Even, yeah. <laughs> they was on sale. But they, they, they've done me good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But it's really good. Get into it on our Instagram, at Category is Pod. Yes. All right, Chop. Let's hop into these categories for the week. It was an interesting week. It was. <laughs> um... Category is homo boycotts. <laughs> so, as many of you may or may not know, not. Um, this past week there has been a huge call amongst the LGBT community and its allies to boycott. Boycott. Boy- <laughs> Drunk. What did I say? Boycott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to boycott. Um, Equinox gym. Mm-hmm. Now you know. I feel like that's one of them fancy gyms. It is like that all like you yeah. know the fancy hot and gays mm-hmm. go to to like you know take Instagram pictures yeah. and hook up in the locker room. Basically, um, <laughs> I'm good with my thirty dollar a month retro fitness. Ooh, Thank you very much. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's not Planet Fitness though. Right, you're a little right. classy. It's, it's, like a little, it's a little notch, <laughs> but um, 
I ain't no Equinox gal. No, I can't afford that. Right. Well, Philly only got an Equinox, do she? They don't. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're not first-rate city, huh? No. Well, anyway, um, last week it came to light that Equinox, um, I guess he's one of like the um, owners. Is he the owner? Yeah. His name's Stephen Ross, okay. but he's the chairman of the related companies, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the conglomerate. It's like an umbrella? Yes, yeah, an umbrella company okay. that owns... Um, you know, he has real estate ventures. Yeah. He has lots of um, gyms. He, um, you know, it's not only Equinox, but it's also um, Soul, Soul Cycle, Cycle. Yeah. Um, Pure Yoga, mm-hmm. and he also has restaurants and things like that. So he's a um, diversified businessman. Wu Tang Financial. What's that? Diversifying your bonds. Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he, it came to light that he was having a fundraiser yeah. to support Trump's re-election yes. for 2020. Yes. Did you see the prices, though? Yes. Yeah. It was $100,000 per ticket. Yeah. And Not then, per table. Yeah. Per ticket. And then, what, two fifty if you wanted a picture with Trump? Correct. Mm. $250,000 to re-elect this man. Ugh. So, obviously, um, because... You know, I don't know for some reason that a lot of the gays flock to Equinox. Um, well, because it's elitist and it's a right, status. Right. That's it's a status. Why. It's a status mm-hmm. gem. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, but it's like, it's not status in the way that like gold's gym is status. Because I feel like that's is for real. At least that's my, for like real people who work out. Right. My perception is that gold's is like for serious bodybuilders. Yeah. Equinox is just for those who's trying to see and be seen. And be seen. It's kind of like Barry's boot camp. It's like the people who have like right. the really cute bodies mm-hmm. and they wear like next to nothing in the gym. And it's really just to take your, your Instagram pics. Right. Yeah. And Nobody's like actually working out. Right. And it's just like grinder in real life. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, a lot of the gays were upset. People mm-hmm. were calling and canceling their memberships left and right. Because okay. um, I feel like, you know, there's just this knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if it's something I don't agree with. Um, I'm just going to boycott. But mm-hmm. to me, it's just like, that's fine. Because I do mm-hmm. believe that consumers should have the ability to use their funds to support companies now mm-hmm. that support their causes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I kind of look at it at, as the idea of ethical consumption. You know, It's like, a little different than that. Though. How? So with ethical consumption or ethical consumerism mm-hmm. is when you support a cause that lines up with like your ideology. Okay. So it's more like buying something that is certified non-gmo or like buying something free. that's cage-free eggs right or shade grown coffee mm-hmm. things like that and like cruelty free makeup yeah like, or like know, not bl- buying like blood diamonds mm-hmm. like stuff like that because you kind of do have to do your mm-hmm. research in both cases to right. see you know what company or now you know what ceo mm-hmm. has an ideology that lines up with what i believe in right and i think that in, in this country, there is a, you know, there's lots of um, division mm-hmm. amongst, you know, people's economical interests right. and their, um, you know, humanitarian or um, social concerns and causes. Well, right. And it's just like at the end of the day, we live in a capitalist society mm-hmm. and like money makes shit run. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not an Equinox gay, so I got nothing to cancel. <laughs> but to me, it's just like. I think people need to kind of stop and pause because I think if you really look at the landscape, you're going to be hard pressed to find, you know, any businesses that you could support that actually, um, you know, uh, support your uh, way of life or your or your personal beliefs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think it's fine if people want to cancel, mm-hmm. but like y'all can't even cancel Chick Fil A, right? You know what I'm saying? So like, what what 
impact is this ultimately really truly going to have no. is it a headline for the week and then yeah. it's just on to the next because mm-hmm. this man you know he he says that, you know he doesn't agree with trump's um you know stances on lgbt rights and mm. you know some of the um things he's done since he's been in office mm-hmm. that have kind of um but he's hosting the fundraiser yes because Girl. as a businessman yeah he needs them taxes to be down. Right. I remember there was a soul cycle right down the street from my job and I would mm-hmm. walk past it and like during Pride Month mm-hmm. it was just like a rainbow, rainbow everything. Yeah. But we know how that is with yeah. the commercialism mm-hmm. of Pride. But then even Equinox, like Equinox had like a whole, um, I watched a show called on FX called My House and it had this girl named Tati and she's like voguing okay. and like I saw a commercial for Equinox and it had like all these black trans women voguing and I thought that it was a really hmm. like progressive statement for the company to like go you know, to use voguing mm-hmm. and to go to its source and using the most marginalized group of people to like represent but, the company. Uh, no, but they're using that to get that dollar. Right. And it's just like. Because the consumers are smart. <laughs> or they're not. But the thing with boycotts is that it's a little different than the ethical consumerism because it's more reactionary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like most consumers, you're not gonna be researching. A lot of this stuff. You're going to buy the products that make you look the best, mm-hmm. that you feel the most comfortable in. You're going to go to the gym that has the hottest guys. Right. And you're going to go to the restaurants that the food tastes good. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Or even where the food don't taste good, but like, but, yeah. it's, it's a place to see it's and a, be seen. Exactly. Because exactly. we're so concerned with yeah. like status. Yeah. Like, you know, even if that's the case, like for women, mm-hmm. like... You know, they love their Fashion Nova if the Fashion Nova fits. But, like, I'm sure Fashion Nova is funded by, like, sweatshops. I mean, it has (laughs) to be. It looks like it is. It looks like it is. The quality of the clothing's poor. They rip off high-end brands and designers. And it's just like, but, you know, but people are, at the end of the day, most concerned with themselves themselves and what they can project. Even the ability to boycott your elitist gym is elitist. In itself. In itself. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I feel yeah. people like people are missing that point. You have your $100 plus membership <laughs> at this gym. Yeah. You know, when you probably got all types of body work done anyway. Anyway, yeah. But, you know, you now you're going to go cancel that because they don't support your causes for LGBT rights. But it's like, like I feel like that's a lot of white privileged yeah. gays or, or affluent who may go there. But like, let me that, tell you something. They don't care about like, you know, trans um, they homelessness care. they don't care about you know lgbt black and latino homelessness or illiteracy Mm-mm. or um lack of access to education mm-hmm. it's just about keeping up appearances or just yeah. finding something to be mad at yeah let me tell you something none of these gays especially these white gays they're not canceling that equinox fitness membership to go slumming at planet fitness yeah they're not doing, they're that. Not doing that they're not doing that because mm-hmm. they're accustomed to a certain level of prestige or whatever Mm -hmm. that this equinox membership affords them right because you know all of them are like sponsored Mm -hmm. on instagram if their followers see them at planet fitness they're gonna lose that social capital right because be like girl you had planet fitness with me because it's not aspirational it's not (laughs) anymore yeah you know it's just all about these images and not for nothing i don't think the soul cycle is gonna be that affected no because i feel like soul cycle's main client is probably women yeah and um probably white women white so they're not pressed yeah about it either Mm-mm. but again it's just um you know i do think that businesses do need to kind of think more conscientiously about the causes that they support but again i think that well, this man is he's gonna... doing it as an 
individual Pers- yeah as a person that was not on behalf next question. of yeah. the business right so so where do you separate it or you have do to kinda, you you do have to kind of bifurcate it to mm-hmm. a certain extent you know because look this man is multi-billionaire he has more mm-hmm. money than he knows what to do with and he's just trying to protect that i mean i don't necessarily agree with though with that stance but i can't say that if i have billions on billions on billions that i would be trying to you know keep as much as i could you know what i'm saying for the generational wealth, for my grandchildren's grandchildren and such, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, I do think that, you know, it was not like it was Equinox holding a fundraiser to like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a spin or Soul Cycle having a spinathon <laughs> for Trump. You know, it's a little bit different. Ride for life. And also, it's like, why was y'all finding out about this party so late? Yeah. Maybe because y'all couldn't afford a $100,000 ticket. It's just a lot that comes into it yeah. for me. And not for nothing, just to leave it on this point. Ooh, what? Child, did you see that list of companies that are supporting Trump re-election? Yes. Dude, let's Ooh, run them down. Run them all the way this down. Is, I have this list of, um, you know, companies that support Trump and or anti-gay politicians. Um, you know, going to my earlier statement, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we the way that corporations have been set up in America, mm-hmm. it's your... You know, there's only like two or three. There's not too much competition or offering that they have because now we have like these almost like these oligarchies, if you will. Okay. And it's just like you're going to be hard pressed to find anybody to support your cell phone, to find a cell phone carrier, or to find a car insurance person that you know lines up with <laughs> okay, all your it. all your personal causes. Uh-huh. You know, and I think that also people need to stop looking towards corporations to be their government. Basically, you know, but there's these are this is a list of companies that um, have donated substantially, like a million plus millions, yeah. millions to Trump and or anti-gay politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start off with AT and T, the Ooh. wireless. They're my, actually my wireless carrier. They are. They are. Ooh, boy, cat girl, don't pay that bill. Child, I'm gonna pay it because I got to um, <laughs> handle these calls. UPS, uh, Comcast, which is headquartered right here in Philadelphia. Ooh. And they price overpriced too, high. too damn high. Yeah. They offer nothing. They changed our package recently. Uh, they they changed it. And they packages. took like all the channels. The only channels they took away were the ones we actually watched. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, but and I need got, my food network. You got to buy them shits back a la carte. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a racket. Yeah. It's a scam. Mm-hmm. Um, Homo Depot. Ooh, Homo Depot. <laughs> but you know, let me leave that alone. No Why? Because it's just Homo Depot. It's like. It's, a, it's just homoeroticism built in in my mind. It's in some way, shape, or form. I'm like mean, lumberjackness. Yeah, it's like real like. But it's construction worker. But it's a thing. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, General Electric. Mm, we don't have those appliances. You don't. No. Okay. FedEx. And what is UBS? It's a bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like these are major corporations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. I know that Amazon and Uber do not pay taxes. They don't. Uber is huge. Mm-hmm. Amazon is like... Uber losing money, though. Well, they are losing money. Yeah. They haven't really been making Their burn rate is like... Their what rate? Burn rate. Okay. What is that? Yeah. It's like the money that you like burn, burn through, through in a month right. or a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But just... I think that the idea was like brilliant because mm-hmm. it revolutionized like yeah. cabs. Mm-hmm. But I just think that like the whole contractor is just not sustainable. Yes, it has a lot of legal yeah. implications. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, but like Amazon, mm-hmm. Amazon is crazy big, yeah, ridiculous. Like they don't pay taxes. They should be. Paying they should taxes. be paying. If, the if most I got to pay taxes, taxes. you yeah. need to pay. Yeah, but they can't provide the services that they provide. If you want that free next day shipping, if you want that package I at noon, that same day, that same day, yeah. then Amazon need not pay taxes. That's how they're able to build these businesses. Trust me, they can do it. 
Well, that's all I have to say on Miss Equinox. Go find somewhere else to do your squats. 30-day challenge in that bitch. Ooh, ooh. Uh, mess. So since we're on the topic of boycotts, that takes us to our next category. Category is Victoria's Secret. Yes. So the chief marketing officer of Victoria's Secret's um, parent company, his name is Edward Razik. I think I'm pronouncing that. Really? Yeah. So he... Resnick or Raznick? Razik. Okay. Yeah. So he was the one who, if you remember, like at the last Victoria's Secret fashion show when they had the whole... Like in December. Furor about, yeah, about the plus size models and not mm. having trans models mm-hmm. and the, you know, diversity issues that that causes. And he just made all kinds of comments that Victoria's Secret was never going to go in that direction. Right. And that they weren't, that wasn't something that would appeal to their, their marketing demographic. Right. Blah, blah, blah. He was so, not open to the idea. At all. Well, now he's open to the unemployment line. Ooh. Because... <laughs> He resigned uh, last week kind of suddenly. Really? Yeah. But what was curious about it was that on Friday, the first openly transgender model, her name is Valentina Sampaio from Brazil. She announced that she will appear in the upcoming Victoria's Secret Pink campaign. So she's the first openly transgender model to, you know... Be right. a part of Victoria's Secret. That's awesome. I mean, pink is like the bottom of the barrel for Victoria's Secret. Yeah. It's like the old navy, like if the, you will. Uh, well. But, girl, you're in there. <laughs> and we're happy for you. Yeah. Go ahead, Valentina. Yeah. I mean, she can't walk right in wearing the diamond bra. Nah, she ain't gonna do that. But, I mean, it's a step. It's a step. Yeah. You know, everybody was boycotting Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret, and they were just saying that, you know, they weren't gonna shop there anymore. Right. And they would tell people to shop at Fenty X Savage. <laughs> yes. And then they, Victoria's Secret, they said that they weren't going to televise the upcoming uh, fashion show. Right, because it's just tough. Well, well, they need new producers. Yeah. Because I feel like the same person, is. like yeah. Mark Burnett, or whoever does The Real World, has been producing <laughs> it for like the past 12 20 years. years. Yeah, It's just the same like trope. That's a go for... Right, all that backstage mm-hmm. stuff. No one wants that. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. And they also, we kind of want like va va voom. Like, you know, they kind of went, they try to be too high fashion. You know, you're not La Perla, darling. You're Victoria's Secrets. Well, the thing with you're me. You're like a step above Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks is expensive. Yeah, but it's still kind of like trash. Right. Yeah. When they stop booking like top talent for mm-hmm. the for the actual fashion show right that's when it kind of fell off and that's when you knew it was like mm. well i think just mm. the top talent just stopped working darling i mean wow. naomi's still the only top talent ripping up the runway oh i mean like the artist the musical artist. oh 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 okay not, not <laughs> yeah. the model not like the model oh yeah. okay yeah because anybody can put on a bra and pants. yeah once they had like you know bb rexa and <laughs> justin bieber's like right. sis Come on. Like, girl, it's time to go. And to me, I think, like, Valentina is gorgeous. She's stunning. If anything, I'd be, like, more upset that y'all keep going for these Brazilian bitches. Yeah. Like, that's, like, okay, like, <laughs> we got some good trans women right here in America. Right here in America. But. Y'all better call ISIS. ISIS? ISIS King. Oh, oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, Middle East ISIS. <laughs> sorry, terrorist groups. But ISIS King ain't got nobody, though. You don't need one. And she'll, she'll have no height. Well. To me, I think, like, his step down is indicative of the fact that a he was not informed 
of the hiring. <laughs> like HR didn't talk to marketing or something. Apparently not. Those two different departments, girl. Right. And, you know, he had to like eat crow or maybe he was just so like indignant and or, in his self-righteous in his mm-hmm. position. Fuck it. I quit. Right. <laughs> or probably what likely happened uh-huh. is that, you know, the top, top heads of the Troy Secret came to him and was like, look, this is a new direction we take and uh-huh. we hired this, you know, trans woman and, you know, based upon your statements of force and congruent, you got to go. No, I don't think Here it goes was your that. severance. I think there were talks to say that, okay, you know, this is all the stuff that we faced last year. Right. You were so against it. Mm-hmm. How about, you know, this year we try something new and we do, you know, we hired the trans model. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I felt like that was a line from uh, Double from- Rich <laughs> <laughs> hired, hired the, the fat, smart, fat smart fat girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We... Oh, sorry, we didn't mean it like that. But but, but I think that's probably what it ha- what happened. Right, because I feel like they Victoria's were, Secret didn't want to do this. They yeah, felt pushed into they a had, Yeah, and so they probably came to him. Because you have to think, you know, these are like corporate people and there's levels to everything. Mm-hmm. So they probably came to him and they're like, okay, this is the direction we feel like we have to go in. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck that. I'm not putting her on there. Right. And they were like, well this is the choice that we're going to make. I feel like it was more on him saying I'm out. Right. Because he had made such a hard, you know, stance, drew that line in the sand Mm -hmm. that this is what we're never going to do. And the fact that you want to do it kind of undermines everything that I write about. So I feel like he probably stepped away. Right. I think so too. And he's probably like some old white guy. He's like 71. Right. Like, sir, go retire. Go sit down. Like you need to understand, like they're getting, you know, focus and shine and they're demanding that they be treated like, you know, fully realized people. And he's not willing to do that, which they are. Mm -hmm. But Valentina is coming to America to get this job, honey. Yes, honey. Come get this visa. (laughs) Come get these American coins. Send it all back to your family in Brazil, girl. Basically. Speaking of coming to America, that takes us to our next category. Category is Coming to America Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about this? Because it was recently announced that they were going to make a sequel to the classic mm-hmm. 1988 movie Coming to America. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. Who else was in there? James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shari or Vanessa Shiri? L. Williams Headley yeah not <laughs> Vanessa Williams Vanessa L. L. Williams. Williams yeah Shari Headley and just countless other people mm-hmm. were in this movie McDowell's <laughs> darling McDowell's <laughs> it's a classic um, it's not one of my favorites ooh girl bye um, I've probably only seen the movie like two or three times goodbye <laughs> goodbye um, it just doesn't hold a candle to sister act two to me sister uh, act two is like the ultimate African uh, American classic. no but also i mean remember top was, five black classics what are they oh my god i can't i can't hold on like top five black top classics five. are we doing like drama or comedy or just any whatever? genre oh my god i feel so on the spot what are yours coming to america okay color purple Yes, the color purple is definitely on there. You have to put in Roots. Alex Haley Roots, the television yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. I guess it's right. With LeVar Burton? Yeah. Oh. Kunta. Reading Rainbow? Yeah. That's how I prefer to remember him. Well, <laughs> that was a good series on TBS. Uh-huh. And other 
Soul food is one for me. Ooh, that's see, but again, I was also a kid. I would say like the nineties. One of them L.A. movies. Which was it? Rosewood. Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Yeah, Boys in the Hood. One of those John Singleton movies. Up until very recently, Mm -hmm. um, I thought that you know, Save the Last Dance was an African American classic, (sighs) but uh, definitely some Spike Lee films. I always like School Days. Ooh, I forgot School Days. Right. Or Do the Right Thing. It's too right. many. Yeah, you can't do five. Sister Act is uh, definitely in there. Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. Not the first one. I mean, the first one's good, but Sister Act but, 2 is yeah, much better. Is the, yeah, yeah. But so, I don't know. I'm not that excited. I'm not. because For you, Coming to America 2. Because I hate the remakes and the right. sequels. So, you know, the classic story is Prince Hakim from Zamunda. Zamunda. Comes to... Is that next to Wakanda? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, share, they share a border. All right. There's no wall. Right. Actually, there is. There is? Yeah, because you know Wakanda got that dome. Oh, like the, oh, the invisible wall. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. You got to have the code and the secrets and the, <laughs> yeah. and the vibranium. Yeah. Child. So he comes to America to find, uh, actually to just, what, sow his wild oats? Right, sow his wild oats. Yeah, before he gets married. And then he falls in love with a commoner who is the daughter of... The man who owns McDowell's, mm-hmm. which is the knockoff McDonald's. I don't know how they ain't get sued for copyright. <laughs> well, you remember they had that guy, he was like taking pictures. Right, right, right. In the movie. That is like a classic. Like, you can't change that story. Change that story. And I don't think you can add to that story. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how 30 years later, yeah. now they're going to build on it. Yeah. Like, what is Eddie Murphy going to do? Like, is it going to be about his kid? Like, is he going to be the new, like, yeah, like um... He... Why am I forgetting his name? You just said it. James Earl James Jones. Jones. Like, yeah. I'm confused. Well, he, James Earl Jones is still alive. So I mean, he's can, still kicking. Can, yeah. He's still out here vocalizing Mufasa. Yeah. Still but getting that check. I'm saying, like, you know, what is the storyline going to be? Yeah. Am I even going to be I probably won't. interested? I'm not. They've been talking about the cast. Mm-hmm. So your girl from If Bill Street Could Talk is in it. Who? Kiki Lane. I don't feature her. What's her real name? Leandra? Keandra? Keandra. Keandra. Leslie Jones. Who I do not know who what she is. is she playing. Do? She's the new Stranger, apparently. Really? I guess. Child, she gonna have that spiked up hair. <laughs> Someone really needs to come in and like just rework it, just soften it a little bit, just I soften. It. Like Leslie Jones, I'm not gonna give her too much. Okay. She's funny to me. Like I she love her. Is yeah. But soften it. Uh, I like her. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna let her. I'm gonna let her leave her alone. And then you have Wesley Snipes who was playing somebody. I do not Blade. know. <laughs> I'm just confused. What was that movie he was in with um, Sylvester Stallone? I don't know. And it was like set in the future. Blade. Mm-mm. Minority Report. Mm-mm. That was Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, I don't know. Moving on. And then you have the lady Ruth Carter who won the Oscar for Black Panther. The costume. Oh, the lady. costume. Yeah. So okay. she's doing the costume. She's like the go-to costume person. I mean, keep it for in a mind, black film. Girl. So it's allegedly hitting theaters August seventh, twenty twenty. There's definitely gonna be like some Wakanda reference. I bet. It's like to joking. Be. Yeah. Because it is a comedy. It's a it comedy. is a really funny movie. Yeah. But I just again, it's like thirty plus years later. Thirty-one years. Thirty-two years. At that Where point. is the story going to go? You know, like to mm-hmm. me, it's just. I don't know. I get kind of I protective because they mess with classics. And that's why I know with The Lion King, uh-huh. like, it was the same exact story. Yeah. But I appreciated that because it was in a different medium. No, it was the same you know, medium. It's animation. Yeah, but it was live action animation as to opposed to cartoon animation. Girl, so, I mean, but it didn't change much. So I knew I, I knew what I was in for. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be disappointed. But now that you're kind of fucking with the classic, yeah. I feel like a sequel should come. Because a sequel 
Different shortly time. thereafter. Yeah. Like if they're going to do Black Panther 2, bitch. It's like, coming. In don't need years. to come yeah. soon. So I think what I envision happening in Coming to America 2 is that Hakeem's son mm-hmm. is going to marry a white girl. <gasps> yes. Like that's what I'm bringing to dinner? Uh-huh. Like, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Ooh. That's the only way I can see it having any kind of mm-hmm. something different. You know, black folks still love to talk about interracial relationships, well, child. Yeah. I want to know what happened to Randy Watson. Who is Randy Watson? <laughs> he was the guy in that powder blue tux, and he was singing with Sexual Soul Chocolate. Glow? No, it was Sexual Chocolate. Oh, okay. But Soul Glow. Yeah, he had the Jerry Curl. Right, the Jerry Curl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was at the talent show. Right, right. And he was singing with Sexual Chocolate. And he, the mic drop, uh-huh. that's where that comes from. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm yeah. nice. Well, we'll see. Um, I'll wait for it to come out on you know, Netflix um, or see the bootleg, man. They'll be selling like, it oh. at your local barbershop. <laughs> right, right. And but, bodega. Well, that wraps up our categories for this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to hop into a fresh realness segment. Realness. Now, you know, realness is when we get to be real with y'all. With the people. And talk about things a little bit more personal. This time, we kind of want to talk about, like, family. Okay. But we want to kind of talk about, you know, tension within families and setting boundaries Mm -hmm. as an adult to have healthy boundaries with your family. Uh We can start off the conversation with, like, what does family, like, how would you define family? So my family is pretty different Mm -hmm. in the fact that, so growing up, it was, like, my mom and my two brothers. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, that's our family unit. And so we grew up very... I think I to- told you that. We, well, you know, but we lived like, <laughs> but we lived like out in the country, and you know, it was very right. We were very isolated, and growing up, we were always instilled with the kind of thought and idea that always have each other's backs. Right. Like these are your best friends, mm-hmm. and look out for each other no matter what. And so that you know kind of still carries today like we talk about anything mm-hmm. like our group text is always popping <laughs> right <laughs> and honestly I, we don't have any tension mm-hmm. like we are 100 percent supporters for each other right no matter what like we're also you know quick to check you mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are kind of not going on the right path or not making the best decision mm-hmm. or your thought process is a little bit fucked up right? Um, in the moment. But we kind of always, at the end of the day, have a, like a respect mm-hmm. and an understanding of each other. So I don't... Right. I can't even remember like the last time we had like an argument argument. Right. Yeah. Well, boundaries don't have to necessarily be arguments, mm-hmm. right? Like... And we don't... But that's the thing. Like, we don't necessarily have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like... I feel like I can talk to my brothers and my mom about anything that's going on right. in my life. Uh-huh. And I respect and appreciate like their opinion. Right. Do I have to follow it? No. Mm-hmm. But they're free to give their opinion on, you know, whatever is going on in my right. life. You know, the thing I can say, like, you know, about your family, mm-hmm. it's a little bit you know, contrasting from mine. Uh-huh. You know, there's lots of similarities. I think, you know, we were both raised by really strong women. Mm-hmm. We each have two siblings. Our birth mm-hmm. order is a little different. Mm-hmm. And I think the um, years between... Very different, different. <laughs> yeah. because I'm the oldest, uh-huh. whereas you're the middle I'm the child. Middle, yeah. um, there's about five years between me and my um, each of my sisters. Mm-hmm. So it's like five years in the middle, and then another five yeah. years, and then the baby. So it's like ten. So it's total. ten total. So and mine is like less than four. Right. Yeah. It's like you know every other year. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> so I, what I find is, is like, it's a little interesting to compare uh-huh. and contrast because I feel like you know my mother had like an individual time with each of with us as children, yeah. and you know no matter what like 
each of her children was at a different point in their development. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as they were growing up, mm-hmm. like I was off to college when my sister turned eight. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, and but the thing I can say is like I feel like with your family, you know, um, you grew up in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in Philadelphia. Yeah. You, I feel like your other brothers moved away. Um, well, they both live in Virginia. They're about an hour from each other. Okay, but they're still yeah. a little bit away from home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that for me, you know, I grew up in South Jersey. I'm mm-hmm. still 45 minutes. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't think our families, I feel like you guys kind of ventured off and established your own lives. Not that I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, we're not even enmeshed because we have right. our own lives yeah, too. But yeah. I think that like, you know, my family unit is just very um, insular and very mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. So um, we are very very close Mm -hmm. and again similar to you there's nothing that we can't talk about Mm -hmm. there's nothing that we can't check each other on Mm -hmm. um you know i've even talked about you know my relationship with my mother Mm -hmm. is um probably tmi for some people and too close because she is i talk to her about everything i see counsel from her for everything Mm because she knows me the way i don't know myself Mm -hmm. you know but you know my mother had me younger so there's a lot of different dynamics i think that are at play yeah but i think that you know when your family is so tight, mm-hmm. um, there is, um, you know, sometimes I kind of need to like set up boundaries, and okay. it's not it's not boundaries for, um, you know, because there's an argument, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, especially as an adult, to kind of be like, you know, this is where I am, mm-hmm. and it's just for me, I find that, you know, my expectations are different. Like my family okay. can mm-hmm. always give me unsolicited advice, yeah, because I know their heart, and it's always like. They're going to sometimes tell me shit I don't want to hear. I'm mm-hmm. not ready to hear. Yeah. But I don't have to question their motive. You know what I'm saying? They have your best interest. Right. At heart. Yeah. And, I, and I believe that my friends do too. Because also mm-hmm. my definition of family is, mm-hmm. is that I have amazing friends. And I feel like, you know, I have my sisters from different misters. And I have my brothers from other mothers. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, on my concentric circles that we like to talk Ugh. about. They're, they're for the first tier people. Tiers, you know, yeah. people on tiers two and three. I have to kind of question, okay, why but, are they coming to me? Why are you this? friends with them in the first place? Uh, that too. Okay. And, you know, I've been reevaluating and reassessing uh, things. Okay. Um, with my family, I can accept unsolicited advice. Okay. You know, thanks, you know, ex family member for, you know, how you feel, give me that feedback. I value it. You know, kind of setting those boundaries mm-hmm. um, is helpful. Your parent or your grandparent mm-hmm. or your uncle, your auntie. They always see you as the child. Right. And sometimes they might not necessarily acknowledge that you're a full grown, mm-hmm. fully realized, fully developed adult. Right. And it's like, okay, it was okay for you to guide me and lead me and say, this is what I needed to do mm-hmm. when I was five, 15, right. maybe, maybe even 25, 25. Right. You know, but here I am at this age with degrees and a career and my own place and life experience yeah and living this life experience that i have gone through you know mm-hmm. for however many years and yes i hear what you're what you say mm-hmm. i hear you know the advice that you're giving me and the guidance that you're offering mm-hmm. but mm, i don't necessarily have to take it right and so when you say it's an internal kind of boundary uh, that's a little iffy because when you say boundary, I thought you meant like they need to be communicated. Communicate to them. Hold up, mom. You can't talk to me about that. Mm, that's well, a little different for me. But I think that given the family dynamic that has been cultivated throughout my life, is uh-huh. that 
there's no need to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I can, I, I, I could do it, uh-huh. but there's, I don't find the instance where I need to now. Mm. So example, my mom hates when I travel. Uh-huh. I love to travel. Uh-huh. And so anytime I say, you know, hey, mom, I'm going to this place. I'm going right. to that place. I'm going here. Me and my boyfriend book tickets here. Uh-huh. She would always have, or she always has like, a, a negative reaction to it. Right. Like, oh my God, you know, so much going on in the world. Why do you have to go and, you know, is it safe? And she has like a million questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my boundary, I wouldn't even say it's a boundary because it's not like I'm going to cancel my flight. Right. Because she said, or she had, a, you know, this reaction mm-hmm. to me going. It's like, you know, hey, and it's, you know, it's, respe- it's respectful. Hey mom, I understand, you know, that you have your concerns about me traveling I did the research. This is what I found. And so we have like, it's more like a dialogue right. about it. Like, you know, she does get upset for, you know, a little while, mm-hmm. but I think the more, and I think, you know, over time we've developed, like I let her have her initial reaction to it mm-hmm. and then we discuss it. Right. You know? Right. And so, you know, she might need a day or a couple hours or however long mm-hmm. to, um, you know, kind of understand that I've already made the decision that I'm going because I'm a, an adult. Right. And, and she has to respect that. And exactly. At the end of the day, they have to respect that you're you're an adult mm-hmm. and you make the best life decisions you can with the information you right. have at that time. And living your and living your life for yourself. Living my best life out here. I know that's right. These passport stamps. Right. But I think that you know family dynamics is something that, you know, people oftentimes don't talk about. And mm-hmm. I think especially as an adult child. Right. You know, that, you know, boundaries are healthy to set. Like, you mm-hmm. know, your parent shouldn't you know, busting on you in the bathroom, right? You know, or you know, like just or or inquiring about your sex life, like that might be a boundary. Or I y'all of, talk about that. Well, I do. Ooh, I not not a lot, but mm. I I would feel comfortable. Not, I mean, not explicitly, right, but right, right. you know, or you know, if your parents. But this is kind of a tricky one. But like you know, your parents trying to guide your finances. But uh, if there's I mean, if, if they they're supporting pay, you they and pay your bills, and that's they one got thing. that down payment, okay, right? But it's just like you know. But I think you know, especially as. Well, I'm a millennial. Well, you're a millennial, mm-hmm. but it's like our, some you know many millennials lives are kind of enmeshed with their yeah, parents. It's kind of hard to set yeah. those boundaries. But uh, yeah, it is. I know lots of people who are like in their mid thirties, and their parents are still kind of running their life, and they're still doing things to please their parents. Yeah, I know people in their forties and fifties doing that. Right. So, and it's tough. It is tough because that is the parent, mm-hmm. and that has been like your guardian, that has been your protector, your influence your everything since mm-hmm. you were before you even got here right and so you do want to pay them that respect and homage but at but the same time right. you the, you don't have, betray yourself exactly like <laughs> my mom i was probably mm-hmm. like 11 or 12 and my mom sat us down at the table i remember this vividly and my mom said this is your home. Mm-hmm. You can always come back here, mm-hmm. but you have to leave first. Right. And so, you know, she's like saying like, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to protect you. Mm-hmm. If anything in your life goes wrong, you always have a place to come back to. You never have you to have worry about net. that. Yeah. You never have to worry about that, but you got to try to fly out here, mm-hmm. you know, before you come back home to this nest. Right. And so, when they have that conversation with, I understand that you're going to grow and you're going to, you know, go out on your own, but 
in case anything happens, you can always mm-hmm. come back. But I think that speaks to your mother kind of, and you know, and my mother as well, mm-hmm. recognizing that your children are individuals yeah, separate and apart from exactly. them. Because also a lot of parents mm-hmm. choose to like, you know, shape and mold their children's mm-hmm. lives way too much beyond yeah. like the foundational values. Yeah. And they kind of like try to control and manipulate or Everything. even live vicariously yeah. through their children. Yeah. Like, you know, like you live your life, let me mm-hmm. live mine and we can still have our relationship. Mm-hmm. But even the, the child parent relationship can have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It can Okay, well, I think that was kind of an interesting discussion. Yeah. Yes, because people, I feel like that's something that people are so hesitant to talk about. Yeah. It seems like. Because you don't want to disrespect. But it's not disrespectful. It's not, but people feel like it is. They feel feel like like it is. They feel like if I challenge my parent on anything, then it's a disrespect Mm -hmm. to them. But no, I mean, like, I understand that when you're growing up, but once you become an adult and you're out on your own, you're, you know, you have your own thoughts, your own opinions, your own mm-hmm. life. And, you know, you might kind of, it's okay to challenge right. those views that you are. Because again, and I feel like just before we end the topic mm-hmm. or the realness section, I feel like it's because people don't, they want to appease their parents so much because they don't have faith that maybe their parents are going to love them despite um, getting their approval. Yeah. And that's what makes it kind of sad to me. I feel like, you know, and I don't know, I, you know, your parents should love you no matter what. Yeah. I, and, you know, without getting too much into my story in terms of coming out mm-hmm. and being a gay kid. And, you know, when I finally came out, I felt silly because my family, that would never even cross my family's mind. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I do notice that when it comes to boundary setting, a lot of my straight friends have more problems than my gay friends. Because oh, okay. they haven't had a certain have, hurdle yeah, to, to jump get over. over. Yeah. You okay. know. I can see that. Yeah. But all right. That's it for realness this <laughs> week. Let's get into the next segment of the show. It is... I, I said what I said. So my I said what I said for this week has to do with a situation that happened to me over uh, actually last week. And so I'm not going to say where I was because I don't want to embarrass these mm-hmm. people too much because I already let them know how I feel. But my thing is, my I said what I said is, don't make me wait if I have an appointment. Okay. So I went into this establishment. Was it like a doctor's office or like a, uh, a restaurant? Neither of the above. Okay. Um, so I went to this, and I had an appointment because I was trying to run errands while I was on my lunch break. Mm-hmm. And so I made an appointment, um, at this establishment and I was like, okay, you know, my lunch, break, it's an hour lunch break. It was right down the street from the office. I'm going to run there, do what I have to do. No, and ma'am. then come back. You can never get shit done on lunch. Right. Never. Right. And so I made the appointment for 1245. Drove there, got there at 1244, mm-hmm. like on the dot. And when I pulled into the parking lot, uh, I pulled beside this um, other car that was sitting there. And there was a lady in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And so as I parked and like was getting out of the car, she got out of her car at the same time. So she was walking to the door. Me, being a Southern gentleman, I opened the door and held the door for her. Mm-hmm. She walks in ahead of me. Did she say thank you? She did. I okay. Think. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so the person in this establishment says, she, you know, greets the lady. How can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have an appointment? The lady says, no, I do not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have a seat. The lady comes to me. You're on standby, bitch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's like, do you, you know, she takes my information. Do you have an appointment? I do. It's at 1245. Oh, you're right on time. Mm-hmm. I sure am. I'm punctual. So she's like, okay, you have a seat too. So I'm sitting there playing games on my phone while I'm waiting. 
the person comes out and they take the lady who does not have an appointment. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Instead of taking me first. Mm -mm. Did you say something? I was like, uh, excuse me. I did the church finger. Okay. Excuse me. I have an appointment at 1245. Uh Uh-huh. We'll be right with you, sir. Did the woman, like, clutch her pearls? Was she, like, you know, No, she's a a hooker. Hooker. Uh, Oh, don't do that. Uh, uh, But Mm -hmm. we'll be right with you, sir. It'll be a moment. We're a bit understaffed. I have an appointment. You better put your understaff at the top to deal with me. Oh, but she 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 walked like literally walked in right before me. She's a walk in. Yeah, I'm an I'm appointment. An appointment. Appointments don't mean shit no more. <laughs> Apparently not. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the time, looking at the time. Nobody's come to me yet. No one has offered me anything. Can I get you nothing? It is hot out here hot. in this August heat. Yeah, in these streets, mm-hmm. it's hot. No one offered me anything. No one like approached me to apologize for the wait at all mm-hmm. and they got this lady like run, going about her business doing her thing taking care of her and i'm sitting there like looking at my watch like wow okay 45 minutes 30 minutes mm-hmm. i go up and, and speak to the receptionist lady and receptionist fish is like oh i'm so sorry it's you know we're on this it's lunch people are on, on their lunch right and we can't you know, blah, blah 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 i was like i had an appointment what are you not understanding? And she's like, well, I mean, she walked in here first because I held the door for her. Right. Because my mama raised me right. Well, stop. she would have been behind me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we all equals out here. Right. You know, and, unless your arm broke. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And so then I was like, all right, well, I'm going back to work because I don't mm-hmm. have time to wait at this at this point. Mm-hmm. And I let them know that I was not appreciative of what just happened. Right. So I'm like, how can you? So you didn't even get the service that you. That I, you know, I didn't get Damn. anything. Then they called me. Oh, we're so sorry. We want to apologize because blah 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 blah. I'm like, no, nope. I'm never coming back here right. ever again. Well, well, can we offer? You? Nope. No, should offer me that the first time. Mm-mm, they lost your business forever. You don't want to name them. I'm not. Okay. Well, I'm that, classy. That is classy. Because I would, <laughs> I would have been. Digging in their ass and, and, and airing all they shit Mm-mm. on the pod. I'm better than that. Okay. It's above me now. Okay. It's above you now. <laughs> well, I hope that, you know, they get a boycott coming soon. I know. <laughs> For the exorbitant wait time. Exactly. And I said what I said. All right, child. Well, my I said what I said this week goes out to um, what I believe to be the latest and greatest health trend. Um, and okay. that's. No, not self-care. I've oh. already, I've already did it. I mm-hmm. said what I said on self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, but self-care is, is a real thing. My I said what I said this week is, is that I think that at this point in its um, medical relevance, mm-hmm. that CBD <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling BS on CBD. Not for nothing. I know that you know. There's always advancements in. Uh, medical technology, mm-hmm. and I do believe in you know, holistic treatments and um, Marianne Williamson. But I feel like we're kind of going through this transition in wellness, where now CBD, well, which stands for, um, according to the Harvard Health Medical School, uh, ca- cannabidiol, 
And it's basically uh, the second most, it's one of the second most active ingredients within marijuana. Mm -hmm. So there's THC, which is actually the thing that gets you high. Mm -hmm. And there's CBD, which is some, it it kind of cures certain ailments. And it has been proven, you know, not proven, right? But Uh like, you know, air quotations did and the asterisks. F- did the FDA approve this? No, it is not okay. FDA approved. Wow. But, you know, it says that CBD can help with things like, you know, headaches, arthritis, arthritis <laughs> you know, fatigue, focus, concentration, um, you know, wellness, digestion. It, it seems to be like it's the cure-all. And, you know, I was at my barber a couple weeks ago and she kind of, you know, handed me this packet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my friends, you know, he started a CBD company and he's selling mm. um, CBD gummies and like... Ooh. The booklet just seems kind of like the, um, you know, the, the square space of C- uh, CBD. It kind of was like okay. a, it kind of seemed like a template, okay. and that was fine. But it didn't Microsoft have any. Word? I'm looking for credible medical journals yeah. that are citing Cite like yeah. actual peer-reviewed <laughs> studies of this. And when you go it's to get actual, you know, data yeah. and reliable information, mm-hmm. there I, I, I'm finding a lack of information. I can't help but feel like CBD's growth has been, thank, you know, in part to mm-hmm. Instagram. It's just yeah. hot. It's just yeah. trendy. It's a new thing. And CBD is everywhere. You can get it at restaurants. You can get it at Starbucks. You can get it. Not at Starbucks. And I feel like, you know, once the FDA does get to regulate this, a lot of these companies is going to drop off because they're not real. And I feel like it's hot right now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just really into CBD. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just, I have pause because we don't know the long-term effects of it. I even tried a gummy. Ooh. And... I was just like, this is sugary as shit, and this is food dye, and it's just, you know, and I'm a, I have a lot of anxiety. It did you not help do? me with my anxiety no. whatsoever. It made you more paranoid. Right. My understanding is that CBD helps you relax, right? And it's like not gonna get you high, mm-hmm. and it's like sugar-free lemonade. But what's the point? It's not gonna cure cancer. It's not gonna take away your chronic pain. It's not really gonna help your insomnia. I got glaucoma. And you know, we'll wait to see you know, the real claims on this CBD. And I said what I said. Just get you the real gummies, girl. Right. All right, y'all, let's hop into the next segment of the show. It is tens, tens, tens across the board. My tens this week is going to none other than Simone Biles, Olympic gymnast. She killed it at the U.S. Gymnastics Championships in Kansas City the other day. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? She did some move that was like the first time ever performed in a competition. She did a, I think it was a triple-double? Is it going to be called the Biles? It should be, because she was the first person to ever land it in competition. Like, she killed it. I don't know how she'd be getting so high up in the air. She is like four foot Mm -hmm. two, maybe, at the most. But those, her muscles are like powerhouses. So, she has like yeah, her muscle fibers are like the bomb. But she killed it on the floor routine. She was, I think she was the only person from the last women's Olympic team mm-hmm. to compete like for this. Because, you know, the Olympics is going to be in Japan. In 2020. In 2020. Right. So I think she was the only person from the last team. Do you know Allie Raceman? No. No Lori Hernandez? She was in the audience. Okay. So Lori, you know, she was on Dancing with the Stars. And mm-hmm. she's like, I ain't got time for this gymnastics thing she's trying to get that abc check <laughs> okay <laughs> get that disney money honey and so she was in the audience and she was like cheering simone on Aww. but lori a little thick she is thick she i like her thick. she from jersey hey girl she is a little puerto rican princess mm-hmm. but simone killed it she she's beat, a force of nature yeah so she beat um the competition her closest competitor competitor was like almost five points behind her which is like 
crazy. Right. She claimed her sixth national title. And so they were saying that Simone is like so outstanding because mm. one, her difficulty score, because they don't even give, I don't even know if they give tens anymore. No. Well, she getting tens from us. Right. But <laughs> across the board. Yeah. So they, her difficulty score is so high mm-hmm. because she, just adds so many elements and like so much difficulty to like the right. actual routine that she could fall multiple times. She could miss like complete segments of the thing, and she'll still but win. she'll still win. Cause like even at the last Olympics when she fell on the balance beam, uh-huh. she still got like the bronze medal. Right. Cause she's like that advanced. Mm-hmm. Child, yeah. But then, girl magic. Yeah. Ooh. But even her execution score is like so high too, because she flawlessly, mm-hmm flawlessly delivers like wow. on any apparatus so she getting tens from us wow. did you you didn't see the floor exercise i, I saw on the balance beam okay routine on instagram okay. that she did on nbc olympics because you know i'm a, an olympics yeah, fanatic yeah um but Are you know, having a party um yes i will be having Ooh, a party okay. in 2020 because yes. i will not be in japan and just, it's not going to work out that way <laughs> yes but um you know i love the olympics yeah. i will have a big party okay um but i am so here for miss simone yeah. biles because you know i grew up with dominique dawes darling yes. and i yeah. just thought she was the epitome of black gymnastics mm-hmm. but simone has elevated yeah. us to a whole go, other level yeah go on youtube it's posted everywhere it is like 70 seconds of black girl magic flipping and with her kitchen intact Yes, Ooh, that thing is together. Not, that's not dragging um, another black one. So her ponytail, the it was a little too bouncy to be like a good look. But I mean, she killed it. She good. Who's worrying about her hair when she's doing double doubles and all them flips and tricks? They was worrying about Gabby, but well, that's because her edges was. Mm. We'll stop. Yeah, let's not drag <laughs> another woman in tens. All right, child. Well, my tens this week is television themed. Okay. Um, I did have one tens written down, but I just remembered that I'm going to give a quick, like, you know, minor tens to okay. um a segment on a television show that I absolutely love called Pose. I know you oh, don't I watch seen it, it. No. but you know it's in season two. And season two has kind of lost me because it's mm. kind of like derailed, and it's kind of each episode is kind of following the story of one particular character, or and, following Paris's brain. Well, it is o- overarching. But, but this past episode, I got my life because there was just lots of drama and there's this argument segment. If you watch Pose, you know what I'm talking about. And it was like the most epic argument I have ever seen on a television drama. Okay. I mean, I was gagged. I mean, it was like on the level of Dynasty. Oh. It was that good. Dominique Devereaux. Dominique Devereaux, hunty. <laughs> but the tens this week also goes to the uh, cable news network known as CNN mm. because they announced that they will be having an all black yes. panelist yes, yes. show. Uh-huh. So um, CNN is fast tracking the show. They want to have it out, obviously, for the upcoming political season. Yeah. And the four panelists on the show mm-hmm. will be April Ryan, who was a journalist oh, um, with, um, I forget which publication, but it's a black-owned publication in D.C. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Gillum. Ooh. He was the um, loser in, in the <laughs> Florida uh, governor's uh, race, correct? He said, fuck Florida, honey. He tried to get this CNN check. Yes, honey. You Pay know? me what you owe me. Um, and then two people, Bakari Sellers, who I actually met. He's from South Carolina. He is from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, met, I met him in undergraduate at the National Black Student Leadership Conference in D.C. Oh, okay. And he was, I believe, like the youngest. Wife. 
um, like, you know, politician oh, okay. at that time. Mm-hmm. And then um, in a law school conference, I met Miss Angela Rye because oh. she's also um, an attorney as well. Yeah. And she will also be the fourth panelist. Okay. Um, I think this is awesome because it has, you know, two black men, two mm-hmm. black women. And a gay? Um, gay? Never mind. Um, Where? Keep going. Ooh, oh, we'll discuss you know, <laughs> once the mic is not hot. Um, but I think it's 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 good to see this to have this point of view. I think yeah. that CNN's kind of taking a little of the um, uh, opportunity to uh-huh. differentiate itself and kind of be a little bit more progressive. But to, your bond. <laughs> to provide that 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 black insight. What movie. were they on? Because they were on like some panel. Was it for the debate? It was. It was after the after debate. the debate. After, yeah, after, after the show, debate. And I remember watching it. it. I yes. remember watching it because they had Cory Booker on, uh-huh. and it was the four of them. Yeah. And I was like, "Yo, this is kind of hot." It was hot, like. Everything blew up. It I was felt like they were talking to me fire. in my language yeah. in a way that I understood. Mm-hmm. It you was know, cute. Because, you know, when you're watching regular CNN and you got, you know, Angela Rye, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what Hot Girl Summer is and is also very, very intelligent mm-hmm. and knows the Constitution, she's on social media, you know, yeah. then, you yeah, know, she's arguing with someone from the Heritage Foundation mm-hmm. who's like some old white guy. It's just like they're not even speaking yeah, to each other. Same. So I'm really excited for this panel. Yeah, and they I'm ain't got Don Lemon up on there. Well, honey. Ooh. Don Lemon's off, you know, rescuing <laughs> puppies with his white husband. That's fine, Don. But that was a moment. It was hot. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put Paris Denard on there. Mm, no. The, the gay. That's mm-hmm. a Trump supporter. There we go. No. Dude, or, ain't gonna put or Miss Candace Owens. We're not giving her any time. No. Yeah. Not in 2019. Not But tends to, to <laughs> CNN. Maybe I might start watching the news again. I won't. All right, guys. Well, that about concludes our show for yes. this week. Thank you for joining us Thanks for another for us. episode of Category Is. Once again, we are wrapping up season one. We have a few more episodes left, so be sure to stay tuned on all social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to write us a listener letter at categoryispod at gmail.com. <laughs> Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Spotify. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And remember to um, just keep listening and supporting us. And we'll see you next Next week. week. Bye. Bye.